Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Ray Kanata. And I'm Margot Moss. Midnight Menu Plus One is a food lifestyle show on the podcast network. It's NewOrleans.com. Brought to us tonight by Petite Pet Care. While you're at work or on vacation, you don't have to board your pet. He can stay in the comfort of his own home. For loving care when you're not there, Petite Pet Care. Find them at PetitePetCare.com. Each week on Midnight Menu Plus One, Margo and I invite a member of New Orleans' restaurant and food community to join us, and we invite them to bring along their own guest, a Plus One. We never know who the Plus One's going to be. Sometimes it's a friend, a neighbor, family member, fellow restaurant colleague. Well, our special guest tonight on Midnight Menu Plus One is Richard Papier. Very excited about that. One of the um, one of the newest and best uh, Mexican chefs in the city, and we'll be talking to him in just a moment. But before we do that, wondering how you're um, food adventures have gone this week. Do you have any uh, worth reporting? I uh, had grilled lobster, but it was not at a restaurant. Well, that's all right. Where would you get that? My brother went to Restaurant Depot and um, grill, uh, chopped in half lobsters and put them on the grill. That sounds great. It was beautiful. I never yeah. get lobster anymore since I've been here. Even though you know this, right? New Orleans, this is, the, this is the greatness of New Orleans. New Orleans invented the iconic lobster dish. Lobster Thermidor was invented in New Orleans, even though there's hardly any lobsters in the city. It's never on the menu. Like like something that the city doesn't even have, it, it like reinvents. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It wasn't Maine like you'd expect. It was New Orleans. A little piece of trivia. That's very interesting. And uh, why why is it called Thermidor? No idea. I don't, that's all I remember about it is that we invented it. <laughs> and I'm probably lying about that, but no, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I, where would, how would I have made that up? I don't even know what it is. But uh, anyway, you expect oysters like Oyster Rock. Of course, New Orleans invented that. But Lobster Thermidor, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it's unusual. I, yeah, okay, the only thing I did this week that, I, that pops into my head is today, my wife and I, um, as we often do on Mondays, walked up Magazine Street a few miles and... Um, and we burned a lot of calories, and then we got to the rum house right around lunchtime, and we went in, and we realized that the nacho plate was gigantic, and so we just split one of those, right? It's called um, Damn Good Nachos, I think, and it was it's pork and cheese and all that stuff. It was only 13 bucks, and I'm, a, I'm not kidding you. I ate, I think I ate four or five pounds because when I got home, I got on the scale, and I was five pounds heavier than I was when I woke up that morning after sweating the whole way. So it, it was massive. I ate till it hurt. It's one of those things where like the pain is, is less, it gets greater than the pleasure. And that's when you finally stop. I mean, it was so massive. <laughs> anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. And it was so really So you cheap. ate a brick today. Right. And it kind of segues in with the little uh, blog post, the little uh, supplemental one. We did the video thing that we just posted on inexpensive Mexican in New Orleans. I didn't mention them in that. And it was really, um, uh, it's noteworthy. But maybe that segues in well with our guest today who is Richard Papier and he's got a Mexican place that just opened the last few weeks and has begun so much buzz and I'm really excited he's uh, one of those um, uh, pioneers in this area of, uh, of like Yucatan style but before that he was working with Emeril Lagasse and Donald Link and Susan Spicer and Nathaniel Zimlet and Guillermo Peters and all these very noteworthy chefs, but now he's opened up his own place, and I'm really excited to be able to talk with him. So welcome, Richard. Thank you. Thank you for having Good me. Good to have you here. So, Richard, um, thank you for coming in. I know, I'm sure this is a very busy time. How, how long have you uh, actually had the doors open? We are just getting close to the, I think tomorrow is our month? One month. One month exactly. Wow. Yeah, it's just it's flown by. It's flown by. Tell us where you are. Uh, we are 3242 Magazine, 
uh, right between Pleasant and Louisiana Avenue, right where all the hustle and bustle's going on. Right where I had lunch today. Yep. Like a block away. Good. And pronounce uh, the restaurant Aranya. Aranya. That sounds very sexy. Is it what? What does that mean? <laughs> it means spider in Spanish, and that is my nickname that I got at Emeralds years ago. Oh, how'd you get that? Uh, <laughs> we, we were talking about him actually with the person who gave it to me. Uh, I was the sous chef at the time at Emeralds, and you know Emeralds either came at four o'clock in the morning, and he got for three afternoon, or he came in three in the afternoon, and he got off at two a.m., three a.m. in the morning. Uh, basically, I was I was coming in the morning, getting everything ready for the morning shift. And the sous chef came in after being down at Vex. Looked like he was feeling a little good, walking around everybody and grabbing each person, going, What's up, Tiger? What's up, Bear? Stopping me and goes, What's up, Spider? I'm like, Get off of me. I'm, it's too early in the morning. I don't have time for this. <laughs> and then that day, everybody started calling me Spider, started shooting on the schedule as Spider. And then they. Did everybody else get the nickname they, that he called them? Uh, no, I'm just, You're the only just one because, because you got aggravated. Just because I get aggravated. It's oh. a kitchen, you know. It's 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 like little brothers. You know, you just bully them, and, and as soon as you hate something, it just sticks with you. Oh. And I've learned to embrace it ever since then. Wow, how long was that? Oh God, that was. Uh, I left there in '99, so it's been quite a while. <laughs> it's been quite a while. Matter of fact, I got rid of it for a while, and then I'd go out with the girl I was dating right now. Uh, uh, and people would call me Spider, and she's like, "Are you in the mafia or something? Why is everybody calling you Spider?" <laughs> So it it has nothing to do with personality. It's totally just a he or was the a, menu. You're not offering yeah, any spiders on the no, menu. No, not yet. Okay. <laughs> and um, so you worked at Emeralds in '99. Tell tell us a little bit about your uh, background. I mean, it, it, you you grew up here. Yeah, grew up here. Born and raised here. And I was actually a musician. I used to play around the city. Uh, you know, Tipitina's Jimmy's Music Club when it was still around. And what kind of what uh, instrument? Uh, bass player and backing vocals and keyboards every now and then. But oh. you know that that's you know I was young and you know I'm going to be a rock star. That just never really <laughs> turned out to you know to be. Uh, used to cook for all my friends and you know, they'd see the commercials and the guys the chef was like yeah you, you should totally be a chef you cook good and I I yeah. said okay let's go to culinary school and I did that and you know. 20-plus years later, here I am. Well, you know, this is the only city in America where actually being a chef is, is better than being a rock star. Yeah, it is. Yeah. De- most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. Was w- was it um, similar to being a rock star back then? I mean, I know you worked for some pretty yeah, well, high-profile people, it's, but it, is that more it, of a it's, contemporary? It's uh, funny because you got so much respect for working at these big restaurants. And, you know, one of the first restaurants I worked at was Emeralds. And to be able to get that job, you know— with the type of experience that I had, I was I was amazed. And you know, the first couple of weeks, I didn't think I was going to make it. It was hard. It was tough. Uh, it's you know, be like being in the military. And you know, I persevered and stuck to it. And you know, then I knew this is this is what I wanted to do. This this is you know, I didn't know what kind of direction it's going food wise, but I knew this was the field that I wanted to be in. So, had you gone to culinary school, or yeah. you just went? Okay, I went to uh, Delgado, okay. which has an excellent uh, culinary program out right. there because. You have to go to school uh, five days a week. I mean, you go to school two days a week while you work the other five in the restaurant. So it's like going to med school, but actually having to operate the first day. That so you get you're there. like getting on the job experience yeah. as you're learning. Exactly. Do exactly. they still do that? Yeah, sure. That's do. wonderful. So now you obviously got promoted up to sous chef at, uh, pretty rapidly. I mean, if you were there, if you sous chef by '99, it could have been that long. You were there. How long were you there before uh, you were sous chef? Uh, well, I wasn't. I wasn't a sous chef at Emeralds. I was. Oh. Uh, I was a PM pastry chef. If, okay. Okay. Which I guess is sort of like a sous chef for the, over there in that in, in that that aspect. Right. 
But who was but promoting it? Was it Emerald himself, or was it somebody no, else? No, no. Em- Emerald was was starting. He was, he was already he was actually, a celebrity he was, by then. He was, he was pretty much a celebrity, but he was there still consistently. You know, we'd see him a couple nights a week. Oh, so wow. I got to actually work with him, which was great, and I enjoyed that. And when I left there, I went to Herb Saint the first year they opened up. Oh, okay. And Su- yeah, and Susan was a part of Herb Saint. Uh-huh. And so I got to work with Susan and Donald at the same time, which was... Wow, wow that's which amazing. Was, yeah, that's a golden just, era. Yeah, huh? exactly. You know, yeah. it's just, I, I was in the right spot at the right time. I got to work with all these great chefs. Um, and I was going to get out the business for a while. And uh, I wound up talking to Guillermo Peters just to go to his place, uh, Takeros Coyocan, which was in Kenner on Roosevelt, right across from the Home Depot. And he'd sit down and goes, I need somebody like you in my restaurant. I need sous chef, somebody with passion, with food. You know, Guillermo is Mexico City, you know, he's very, we used to joke, we used to call him the taco Nazi. Because, uh-huh. you know, people would come in and they go, I want chips and salsa. We have no chips and salsa. We have pico and tostadas. <laughs> you know, it was that, that kind of, you know, ugh. And uh, I, I was probably his first people that he brought in and took me under his arms and showed me what real Mexican food was. I'd start uh-huh. chopping onion the way I learned to chop it. He'd look at me and go, <laughs> silly man, that's not how you chop an onion. <laughs> and he'd show me how to chop an onion the, the way they would do it in Mexico. So everything I did was the exact same way they did it in Mexico. Huh, interesting. And uh, that's how I got aboard over there. So was that when you um, yeah, how do you first chop got onion a passion? Mexico, Wait, yeah, well, I would like to know What's that. What's the difference? But, uh, it's, it's not as precise and pristine. Rustic is the key to everything. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's all about, you know, extracting the flavors from the, from the vegetables more so than the precise cut. Does it make mm. the tech, is there something about the texture too that is important to it? I mean, is that... Yeah, it, it's not as it's not as processed, you know. It's it's a little uh, it's a little more home style, and you know the texture of it and the, the feel in the mouth is is a big difference, mm. you know. Um, where what give you an example like let's say I'd make a mole at uh, an upper scale restaurant, you'd have to put it through chinois to get it really really fine, and then mm. if it was still loose, you'd have to th- reduce it down and thicken it up more. Whereas this, you just puree it really 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 fine as you can it's still got the chunkiness but it's still got the viscosity like of a mole let's say look you're doing a mole a mole would still have the viscosity to it and uh-huh. there'd be no reduction you know reduction is not allowed huh. in mexican cooking it is what it is huh. does reduction um deflate the flavor to that i mean is it or is it just not done no I mean, is it's, there like it's, a it's, reason it's, flavor wise well it, it's it doesn't intensify the flavor because there's so much intensity in the chilies uh, and ingredients like if you're using epizote, which is an ingredient found in Mexico, it's a it's a herb. It's 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 weird. It's like kind of like one of those things like truffle. It's like how do you describe the way it smells or the way it tastes? Oh. It's just its own unique thing. And you want to preserve that without overpowering. And if you reduce it, it'd be too overpowering. Hmm. So he was that uh, when you first uh, got a passion for Mexican food and and the beginning of developing your concept for this restaurant yeah you weren't today. doing a lot of mexican no 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 not at all not at all i mean i, I just go to, i went to just go to this restaurant and i just fell in love with this food you know you know mexican to me before had been like taco bell or <laughs> you know taco tico whatever you know whatever generic you know ground beef taco was right right and you know i didn't realize wow you know they use duck you know uh things like achiote which is, you know, this, this paste that they make out the natto seed. It's got a, sort of a, a bitter and tanginess to it. It gives this beautiful red color to the food. 
uh, these things I didn't know anything about. And I, you know, I, I was like a sponge. I sucked up everything this man showed me and, you know, went on my own after that and started continuing learning, you know, had a lot of friends that, uh, matter of fact, I wound up in North Carolina after the hurricane, huge Mexican population, didn't realize that. Yeah. Used to go to cookouts all the time. Uh, I went to one cookout, a friend that actually butchered their own goat. Uh, at the party, and it was a big fiasco because they went to do with a machete stuck in the goat's neck, and the goat ran around and sprayed oh! everybody. Yeah, it was horrible. Whoa! And I showed up after everything had happened, and my friend who invited me, he was walking down with a machete in his hand. I thought someone had been murdered, and I was getting back in my car and getting the hell out of there as quick as I could. <laughs> yeah. like, no, 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 you, no. You have street smarts. You grew up in New Orleans. <laughs> you thought it was a cartel like, thing. Yeah. Exactly. Give me a gringo. You were next. Yeah. Uh, we'll frame him. And then it, kill him. So you came back, and um, when did you come back to New Orleans? Uh, I came back probably about almost three years after the hurricane. Uh, just I was in a lot of nice positions in North Carolina, but just where in North Carolina, uh, Greensboro. Okay, and I just didn't feel the soul and the passion of food as I you know did down here. Um, you know, and uh, so I had to come back home. Did you come back with the intent of? Uh, having your own place or you just were I just wanted to come back okay mm-hmm. just wanted to come back you know and will you um, share with us the um, what the mission is with your restaurant now and um, what well, makes it's un- more unique for our city yeah yeah I mean we we you know Katrina I think has helped us out in a lot of ways you know we've got a lot of you know uh, uh, Mexicans migrating to New Orleans to help rebuild the city um, which has also brought more of the ingredients it's kind of hard to find the chilies the mm. spices things like like ideal markets a good example we can get all that stuff at now um and people now understand what mexican food is you know over the Garambo, one of the one of our biggest problems is we had some delicious food but people didn't understand it so we'd have all these really nice dishes and they didn't want to pay the money for it because in their mind you know drive through window get a taco and, and that was <laughs> it you know um but now people are, are more receptive to this uh, you know, we try to do things like do El, El Pastor the right way, uh, which is on a spit, mm. a vertical spit with the pineapple, and it just rotates and you just kind of shave the uh, just delicious, juicy pork into the taco. Um, uh, we do chicken and mole. We smoke the mole. We smoke the chicken and mesquite wood with the mole on top of it. It's a chocolate mole. We actually do two. We do a red mole for our lamb and a chocolate mole for our other one. Uh, but wow. we're, we're just trying to do things that you normally wouldn't see in a Mexican restaurant, which are authentic interior Mexican food. Not so is this more Yucatan? Uh, yeah, Yucata- we got tell a, us a little bit about that. That's in the south of Mexico. What's yeah. the difference we, between we, that we, and other Mexican well, food? Well, you know, we, a lot of slow braised meats uh, wrapped in banana leaf, very mm-hmm. little fried food. Um, achiote is a, definitely an herb uh, or a spice that's used in a lot of stuff. Um, it, it, it's just a different flavor. It's a cleaner flavor. Uh, than what you know normally. Not a whole lot of cumin and stuff. You rely on using the product of whatever you're using, whether it be beef, goat, or or, or chicken, using basically all of it and infusing it back into the dish. Hmm. And lots wow. of love. I'm drooling. It's delicious. What ni- what What is the nights and hours? We're open uh, 11 at lunch, and we close at 10 o'clock uh, Monday, th- I'm sorry, Sunday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we're open till 11 o'clock. Uh, from 3 to 7, we have happy hour, which we have half off the tacos, mm. uh, half off the drinks. We've got some great 
you know, cocktails, which Cal will probably tell you about in a second. Uh, he's he's my he's my guest. You're plus oh, I can't one. talk about it now. Yes, I well, am. No, I well, not, this might be a good good, yeah. good good time. Um, um, and uh, we he's he's in ch- charge of the whole bar program. Uh, he's been doing a great job. The, the drinks are delicious. All he'll tell you more about that. So Cal, what? Cal Zi. Hi. 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 How's it oh, going? Oh, I thought you were saying Zi. Cal, um, tell us your full name. Sorry. Uh, it's uh, it's Cal Zayed. Yeah. Zayed. Uh huh. Sorry, I messed okay. that up. That's okay. We. We go back and forth. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, let me. Uh, so thank you for joining us. And obviously you've brought him. Cal is the. Uh, He's the eyes and ears at the front of the restaurant. Eyes and ears. General manager. General manager makes things roll. So I don't have to kill anybody or stress out. <laughs> I, I, I keep everybody smiling. Yeah. <laughs> and how did y'all meet? Well, I think it was in Paris. We were having coffee that one day. Yes. No, I'm kidding. So no, I'm romantic. Kidding. <laughs> we, um, we met yeah. actually through some, uh, some common friends. Um, uh, Richard worked uh, with Salou for, for some time uh, across the street, our oh, sister yeah. restaurant. And uh, we uh, just ran into each other in the bar the, probably the first couple weeks that I moved to New Orleans. And uh, we hit it off right, right off the bat. Yep. So. Good so where did you move from? I moved from the Mississippi Gulf Coast, <laughs> a beautiful little Ocean Springs right next to Biloxi. Really? Uh-huh. Did you grow up in Ocean Springs? Um, I've, I've spent most of my life in Ocean Springs. Um, I've lived all around, including uh, I grew up in Egypt when I was younger. Um, so I've, I have a lot of exposure so internationally. Yes. Are you Egyptian? I am. Um, oh. I'm, well, my parents are Egyptian, uh, <laughs> but there's a heavy influence, yeah. Oh. <laughs> So. I had to, had to get from Egypt to Ocean Springs, Mississippi. I know, right? Uh, my father was. Is there a giant Egyptian <laughs> population <laughs> in Ocean, Ocean Springs? Yeah, I guess? we just we one day we woke up and got a call and said, "Hey, we're moving now." You know, so no, uh, actually, uh, my father is a physician and uh, he was recruited uh, from a prominent uh, cardiologist on the Gulf Coast. Uh-huh. Um, so we came down there from Connecticut when I was younger. Oh, and, so you're uh, in Connecticut first, okay? Yeah, and I said. Uh, what's going on here parents and <laughs> they loved it and before you know it we stayed so did you uh come into new orleans growing up did y'all spend any time in oh, uh, yeah. new orleans oh yeah I, I still remember my first time my first restaurant experience in new orleans what was it nola all oh, right oh. wow <laughs> an amber place okay yeah, yeah. right right around the time they opened uh, was the first time i had uh come into the city and uh you know he was you know he still is a superstar but right you know that was right when he was really coming out into the media and everything and uh, i remember every little detail of it and and i've enjoyed you know all his restaurants since so um and when did you realize that you wanted to be in the food industry Actually, right then and there, right around that time. Really? Uh, at Nola it happened? Yeah, yeah. You got hit by like a lightning bolt at Nola? Exactly. Really? I, I what was the meal that you were having? Was there a dish that did it? I had a cedar planked redfish, and I had never had anything like that before coming from up north. Um, the food's a little bit more toned down up north. And it was just like, you know, like, bam, like, this is what we do down here and this amazing city. So that just changed everything for me. So... R two D two is uh, uh, confirming that. Yes, yeah. Sorry, he agrees. That was, that was my ringer. <laughs> he agrees. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. So, so wait, what part of Connecticut did you say? Uh, from Norwalk, right along Norwalk. the sea. Yeah. I, I try to stay as close to the water as possible. All right. Big fisherman, so. <laughs> so ha- uh, did y'all have y'all gone on fishing trips after you to discuss business before the uh, restaurant opened up? You did know, we, we've not yet, but we uh, we spent a little time over in Ocean Springs, and and we've been talking yep. about hey, let's. Uh, Let's start making it a regular thing because over there, you know, they sell to all the restaurants on the f- local fishermen on a daily basis. And we mm-hmm. just thought that was kind of neat. And I wanted uh, Richard to get that 100 plus mile deep sea oil rig, deep sea fishing experience. Um, <laughs> he's kind of, when are we going? When are we going? Well. <laughs> <laughs> so will you um, share with us some of the um, cocktails that are uh, served over there and how that uh pairs with the food and, and what y'all are doing sure um i think uh everything begins with tequila <laughs> with, with this kind of cuisine uh, i think a lot of people don't realize the depth of it it's uh it's they are calling it the new scotch and it, it wow. truly is the new scotch oh yeah um you know tequila isn't just about shooting hey man let's do shots and all of that no right. it's a you know it's it's a stimulant and and it gets it really it gets people lively and um and there's so many different kinds you know most people they mess with the uh the blancos but you have your reposados and your añejos and your extra añejos and you start to once you get deeper into it you start to realize well tequila has cousins what the mezcal smoky mezcal (laughs) and uh, before you know it you're just in this different world that it's all about uh citrus and 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 aging and the filtering process so kind of like, I mean, if someone is, is into wine, it's a similar, it can be as complex and um, interesting and, and it goes well with the food. I mean, it, oh, do, you, do y'all, will y'all educate? Mm-hmm. Like if I came in and... Uh, we, we have a wonderful bartender. Her name yeah. is Brooke and she is packed full of knowledge and she will tell you everything you want to know about it. Excellent. Which is, and, which is great. Yeah, I mean it's it's just like uh, it like wine in the sense that you know you have to let it breathe a little bit. You have to swish it around. Um, certain types of tequila, you're you want to shoot them or you want to sip on them, um, you know, or or you want to mix them. It just depends on on which kind of tequila you're using. Right now, we have uh, over fifty tequilas, and huh. you know, a lot of places in town they'll they'll have you know 150, 200, but we decided to start. Uh, simple and choose only the best of the best. So we brought a lot of experts in to balance that, that out with the menu. So they complement the uh, the food, and the food complements the tequila experience. Now, let me don't y'all have a a beer too that is um, unique to oh, to yeah. the restaurant yeah. to the restaurant and uh, yeah. We have the Day of the Dead Mexican series. It's the only craft Mexican series out of Mexico. So, um, really, we, yeah, the only craft, the only one, well, the, the only one is being imported here into the U.S. Right? Okay. okay. The only say, Mexico is a country of like 150 here. million people. I mean, they 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 drink beer there. There's got to be more than one, but it's the only one that gets imported it's, here. How, it's the only that? one that was a that's, that's, been that's amazing to me. I would. That's shocking to me. Yeah. Should it be shocking to me, or am I just an idiot? Isn't it strange? It, it's I, strange, I but, it, but if you think about it, we were talking about the history of it. You have a lot of Germans that migrated into into Mexico. And so, you know, like one of the beers we carry is the Hefeweizen. Mm-hmm, that's our most popular. Yes, yeah, it's, it's delicious. It's got that little after flavor. It's a Mexican Hefeweizen? It's a Mexican yes. Hefeweizen. But, <laughs> you know, somewhere along the lines, the Germans helped create some of the beers in Mexico. Like, that's why you've got the, the Negro, uh, Madolo Negro, and you've got, you've got, like, the Bohemia. 
Huh. Uh, you know, there's there's the you know the Germans were there. They helped out a lot with that. I mean, that's that's but, I mean, cool. That's a, that's the reason why there should be more than one. That's what I'm saying. That's kind of shocking. Me, it's just the one, huh? Mm, yeah, that's being imported. That's being imported here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But it gets even more interesting in that the designs on the bottles. We have six kinds of uh, craft beers, um, and the different designs on the bottles are Day of the Dead themes. So they'll have like a little phrase on each, and and a and a like a a mural on each bottle. Um, oh. So you get a different kind of experience, uh, and it's 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 you know it starts with the German being the most popular, but we also have some uh, some English. We have an English uh, like an amber ale and a pale ale and a blonde ale. Uh, we also have a, a porter and an IPA. So uh, I mean, it's I'm telling you, it it pairs extremely well with the food. It's 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 like it's made for it almost. Have you all made a road trip to Mexico together yet for uh, for the restaurant? Not yet. Uh, we. <laughs> Black market is, <laughs> has been Plan. quite a, an adventure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell us about that. Oh no, it's just it's just great. We uh, because it's hard to get a lot of our ingredients. Uh, we take turns going to the Latin market, just getting things that we need. Huh. Um, you know, Cal's Spanish is way better than my Spanish. Huh. Um, th- th- this guy's stupid. He only speaks how many languages? Um, I, I I'm f- I'm fluent in three. So. Yeah, yeah. Huh. I, I, I what are your three languages? Uh, well, English. Uh, Arabic, which is Egyptian Arabic, right. and uh, I'm fluent in Spanish as well. Oh. Uh, Castilian Spanish, Spain Spanish. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. And then I'm English and Yatanese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, he walks in. He knows the product. Now, wait, how'd you get to be and then fluent I in Spanish? Awesome. Was that from uh, from your education, or what, what did that? <laughs> uh, I did a lot of traveling, um, huh? and uh, I was married to a, a woman from Madrid. From Madrid, okay. Yeah, so I've, I've had the the Spanish experience all the way through. <laughs> so, um, I'm, I'm, I catch on with languages pretty well, and, and that actually comes into play really well when we get our, uh, our Latin customers and um, Hispanic and Spanish customers that come in. I can kind of translate it and break it down for them. So, oh, To me, that's super cool, and I don't mean, I mean, maybe I'm sounding ignorant, but a lot of places that are, like, open up, they don't have families coming in people coming in that the the intent of the restaurant and to me that's really cool to hear that it's being appreciated because like my favorite vietnamese places are not the ones that right. i go you know that the new ones that everybody wants yeah. to try out cuz it's new i want to go somewhere where vietnamese people enjoy it as much as anybody else and to me so that's really cool y'all have a um supportive clientele that, i mean very much so yeah. you know one of the things when i was learning to cook uh you know my girlfriend she's pretty much my fiance you know we've been together for a long time i've I had to cook for her family all the time and they uh they uh, was just, you know, first time they came to the house they thought she was doing all the cooking uh, and said, cool. she's like no, no no rich is doing the cook and they're like he is not white he is mexican <laughs> you <laughs> made the cut yeah they made yeah. the cut and so <laughs> they they you know the grandmother call me mijo you know which is in term of endearment and she didn't call anybody that she grabbed my hand she says you will know what you're doing <laughs> and so you know with the, her family comes over all the time and eat and they, you know they love it food uh, is yeah, really well, that connector huh i yeah. mean it's ma- you you culturally there's nothing yeah. to to but but you, understand you provide food correct and you that's you understand love. a person's well, food you understand their culture mm-hmm. yeah well, I mean, to me, there's a lot of, you know, great Mexican places in New Orleans where you have, you know, really good food, but there's not a ton of, like, ones that have really good food that are very authentic 
necessarily or as pure as what you're describing. Yeah. It's sort of like being like I'm I'm, an, I'm from New York and you know New York Italian. There's lots of great Italian places yeah. in New Orleans, but if you're very uh, particular about your tastes in like authentic New York Italian, you don't find there's, there's only a handful. No, yeah, and so I think the same thing with Mexican food here. And you have this growing Mexican population, so they must really appreciate that too. Because they can taste the difference, and it really makes a big deal. It's a big deal for them, like what you're describing. Oh, it, yeah. it totally is. And we, and we try to you know break it down for for the, uh, you know the typical non-lag customers come in. Um, like one of the things that you know we've got set up, and Cal can tell you about that is we have tequila flights. So if you know anything yeah. about tequila, yeah. You oh can yeah, trip. you can take a little tour of Mexico. Actually, <laughs> um, I'd like to refer to it with our bartenders as walking, taking a walk up the ladder with our customers, uh-huh. uh, meaning. Um, you know, we start with a blanco on the base level, and then we move our way up to a reposado, and a reposado is is kind of a blend uh, in between an añejo and a blanco in the eight, in terms of aging. So it's kind of middle aged, uh, very smooth. So by flight, what do you mean? You're going through different like areas eight, like of older, Mexico, or, or you're going through different uh, types of tequila with folks? Um, depending on which flight you choose, okay. um, you <laughs> can you can do a blanco flight, which is a series of uh, four half ounce. Uh, uh, tequila samples and and, and uh, snifters. Um, you can do a, an uh, añejo flight. You can do a reposado flight, and you can even do a, a mezcal series as well with different uh, uh, smoke smoky p- profiles of the mezcals. Um, so are you drunk at the end of the tequila flight? I mean, how many, what, how, we're talking about they're small. They're half ounce. Right. So you're talking about like really a half or a third of a shot glass uh, each time. But how but many, like how many s- times are two there? Two ounces, so you're looking at just a little bit over a normal shot. So oh, it's like so reading four. a story. You're like experiencing yeah. a story with tasting different, right? Exactly. You're, you're, fi- you're looking for your, your friend, basically. Uh-huh. Like, oh, I didn't know I, I, that I like more than just Patron. I like who songs and I like El Jimador and Fort I love Lester. to say El Jimador. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's so much fun. Most of you say it well, like you do. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid. I've, I was living in fear of this interview because I can't say anything in Spanish that doesn't sound stupid when I say it. So I've been avoiding the name of the restaurant, and everything else. This whole interview. Uh, my son, my son, and my daughter. I mean, my son, and my wife both speak a little bit of Spanish, and uh, I tried to test it out on them. They're like, don't even try. Don't do it. <laughs> so, yeah, that sounds beautiful when you say it. So is this something that you recommend at the beginning of the meal, at the end of the meal? Like, what? when's the best time to take the flight so yes. you get the uh, purest <laughs> experience? Well, well um, what we found so far is people like to to take it at the beginning or the end. But I, honestly, uh, I recommend getting, a, getting like, a, a tostada, uh, or, or antojito, like a like an appetizer, yeah. or like a ceviche, and then moving your way into the into the flight right before the entree. That's that's the best usage of it, F- and then finishing it off with a, a, a cho- Mexican chocolate flan or a tres leches. Nice, yeah. Oh yeah. So, so are there any appetizers that maybe be so like have a lingering aftertaste that would kind of mess up the flight? No, it's okay. No, it's uh, too spicy no, because too, a lot uh, of it is uh, has a lot, you know, citrus. There's a lot of citrus in Mexican food, and citrus pairs very well with tequila. Uh, so, well, y'all, this uh, we've come to the part of the show where we go off the menu, and we ask you each a question that you would not uh, typically be asked if you were um, maybe applying for a job at, with Emerald or, you know. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> so uh, something, it's a little off the beaten path. And uh, I had a question for you, okay. um, Richard, but I, I'm changing my, I might 
make you do two questions. All right. Wow. Because, um, Unprecedented. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> well, I'm honored. Well, the Ready, first thing, go. the first or thing cursed. I want to know, we'll I out. want, I want you to say out loud the first word that comes into your mind when I say these people's names. Okay. And it just, you know, it can be whatever. Inspired, okay. Margo. Yeah. That's inspired. <laughs> okay, Emerald Lagasse. Uh, opening, yeah, first first chance what? to the world of food. I have one word. It's like, uh, Change. That's what oh, if, hell. Um, excited. Right. Okay, Susan Spicer. Uh, educated. Uh, Nathaniel. Oh, fun, fun, fun. <laughs> <laughs> Donald Link. Uh, uh, fine-tuned. <laughs> okay, and Guillermo, am I pronouncing it correctly? Yes. Guillermo Peters. Oh, passion. Passion. Passion, definitely right. passion. Okay. All right, Ray, you can um, ask your... I, I can't follow up. No, that, was, that was brilliant. I love that. That's the best uh, off-the-menu <laughs> question in right. weeks and weeks. All right, do you All want right. me to ask Cal my, my other question? Do you have I, a question? I had a question for Cal, but okay. no, I, I, want, I, I think I want to hear yours, though. I have one. You Go choose. ahead. If it's As long as it's not your... Um, Something we've heard before, I will allow you to ask it. We may have heard it before. I don't <laughs> okay, know. forget it. You, My you know what? You think I'm going to ask the one about, oh, you have one meal with one yeah, person yeah. again. I'm not going to ask that. All right, then go ahead. But it's a variation on that. So, <laughs> All right. If you, could, if you could wish a meal on your worst enemy, what would it be? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going to try really hard not to offend anyone. <laughs> Come on. you got Somebody's got to get offended. This is a... You oh, can okay. you can do it. A watermelon and raisin salad. All right. <laughs> Those are the only two foods that I've encountered in my lifetime. Have you ever had a watermelon and raisin salad? <coughs> no, I've I've you, had watermelons and raisins. You just invented it. It's just, they're the only only and two things I've ever had those that two I don't things? like. You don't like watermelon or raisins? No, not at all. So you would serve that to you? Okay. Well, who I got to like ask watermelon? who you'd serve that to. If I'm it's afraid such a of terrible... you now. Who doesn't like watermelon? That's like I want. I want to say it's un-American, but that's just like unhuman. Like it's inhuman. Everybody loves watermelon. Oh, you well, hate it. Um, not everybody likes it when you put it in things like uh, gazpacho and all of. Uh, oh. What's going on Got here? It. This is supposed to be a soup, and it's what? It's cold and and sweet, and and there's raisins in it. What's going on? <laughs> there here? was raisins in it. <laughs> you just need mayonnaise in there. What's yeah, wrong yeah, with ra- What's wrong with raisins? Uh, it's funny because I'm. I really, I really enjoy wine and ports and 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 yeah. sherries, but in a raw form, a raisin is just an angry grape. Is it a phobia? It's an angry it's grape. An angry grape. Is <laughs> it a texture <laughs> thing? It, it, it's, is you? It's the the you know the the visually the hated. Uh, it's the it's what's left over. Uh, from 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 all the the good stuff. Wow, oh, yeah. I, what I, a I good question! Totally. I think this uh, something goes is wrong really with v- another revealing. grape harvest. Where they go, oh, let's make raisins out of it, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I know that, that secret. Yeah, if they dance, you shoot them. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? To tell you the truth, now I'm thinking about. It, I kind of dislike raisins. I never have, and I think I know why. Though I just it just came to me. It was those stupid commercials with like the dancing raisins <laughs> and the as he said that on. The, they were the yeah. worst commercials ever. And they were also my worst nightmare as a child. Why is that? Really? Yeah, everybody Why? had those T-shirts, and then they had the commercials, and and then in toy stores they had all the raisin figures. <laughs> is there something geopolitical in this or whatever? Street. It's just like there was a great like there was a time there was a great famine in Egypt <laughs> in the land or something. All they could have was raisins, <laughs> and he associates that with no. It's just it's just the it's just the ad and the T-shirts and it, all that. It, it's just 
yeah. I don't know. It's just so. It's just ugly and it's, <laughs> it's like. And then it's like the you know it's like Cinderella. You know? I know what to throw at you tomorrow when you come to work. <laughs> All right, yeah, exactly. This is how we got it's his nickname, like Spider. You're raisin from now on. Oh god. <laughs> oh no. Cut that so out. So did, did they don't put raisins in anything in the in the Yucatan? Um, actually, do a raisin liqueur. Believe it or not. Oh. Uh, yeah. He's gonna make Christmas you present. Pair so I guess we're gonna drink them when you go to Cal. Yeah, there, this is now I you can, know what to get Cal every every <laughs> holiday. Oh man, I hope I hope everyone's not listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that was much better See, than you, my question. You trusted me. You didn't yes, trust me. I did. I, you didn't I, trust me. You're right. I, I'm glad you asked that because my question was really not that interesting. I was gonna ask, um, and maybe y'all can relate. I don't know because you're working so hard right now, but. I was going to ask if you if you would be willing to give up half of what you own if you were able to be replenished by one hour of sleep. Ooh, wow, that's that's a tough one right there. Like Some, every night, you mean? Not just one like, time. No, like forever. Like you, you, all you would need oh, from oh, then oh, on oh. is one hour of sleep, and it would up, be fulfilling. And are they giving you know, up what they have now? Half what they have now, or half of half everything of, they no, make in the future? No, half of what too. they have, what you have now. Okay. you don't have to give up your future. Yeah, you can make so much more in the future if you only could needed an hour of sleep. Wow, that's good. Now I, I like being where I'm at. I like being where I'm at. So I'm gonna have to say uh, I love sleep. But I can sleep when I'm dead. So. <laughs> yeah, we could stay oh. open 24 hours. Are you sure about that? Yeah. All right, let me. Uh, 23 let me, at yeah, least. But the rest of your staff wouldn't be able to have the same blessing, right? So they're all asleep, but you're up. And I'll be it. a bunch of raisins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Angry little grapes. <laughs> wow. You pretty much describe me, Margo. I get about one hour of sleep. That's why I'm the way I am. It does yeah. things to you. But I don't have the, you know, I don't have the magic fairy making me, me able to cope with it. Well. You've given me that's I, you do pretty well for one hour. No, of sleep. I get like three hours sleep. I only get one, but yeah. You were exaggerating. Exaggerating. Literally slightly. three hours. Yeah, usually. Okay, sorry. That's not, not, that's, that's another show. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, everybody becomes raisins. Well, I'm speaking of sleep and new business. I mean, is there anything that you y'all have experienced being an owner of your place, uh, owner that you never realized when you worked for all these other people? I mean, was there something that you would be like, oh, owners being an asshole, you don't have to be specific, but just, and and then you were like, aha, in the past month, you were like, I see why. Oh, I definitely want to go back and apologize to any <laughs> chef that I worked for. It's like the whole school <laughs> thing. It's just, you know, when you see people, you know, it doesn't happen quite often, but you know, people don't have the passion that you do. So sometimes they don't put forth the effort you wish them to put forth. Or they complain about why they're doing it, and it just drives you crazy, you know. And they're complaining about they're tired and sleep. It's like, look, you know what? I, I get barely one day off a week, and I'm still here, you know. It's like I'm still trucking, going on with this, and you know. And you got to take it with a grain of salt because it's it's yours. It's not theirs, you know. You want them to have a part of it, but no one's ever going to care about it as much as you care about. It. And and hearing all the you know crying and whining, but it's a restaurant too, you know. <laughs> There, there is some amount of babysitting you have to do, uh, but it's all part of it. It also makes for interesting characters. I mean, I think 
some of the people we've had in and out that didn't didn't last so in the beginning we could write a great sitcom oh a good one <laughs> you know, a good one with that one sunday especially it was come just, on share it how share could it. all these things happen in one day oh you know? uh, it's just it's just silly stuff about it's it's not even worth going over but it's just one of those things look at each other and go did that day just happen wow you know <laughs> but you persevered through it everybody went through and and, and nothing happened you know um, what's one element of it give us one piece of it one one piece of it what was um, the weirdest thing that happened that day I think we had somebody that have a, had a seizure. Yeah, Ooh, we had staff a, had a seizure. We had a seizure within an hour. We within had hour a seizure. seizure. Um, wa- uh, it was raining so hard that the 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 water started was starting to flood through the back uh, into the, it was coming about to come into the restaurant, and then I uh, <laughs> I used my uh, Egyptian engineering skills and we diverted <laughs> the water between the two buildings. Huh. He, we built a, a dam. He, he, a he's, dam. Yeah. he's part Dutch. You don't know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what did you Suez use to? Uh, yeah, an aqueduct. What did you uh, use to divert the water? Uh, well, the linen companies <laughs> won't be happy. <laughs> you know, we didn't have sandbags, so we used uh, big, full linen bags for, full of dirty linens, oh. and that pushed pushed the water in between the. I guess it's better stuff. than like uh, your bags of. <laughs> Cornmeal or yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Ra- bags of raisins. You just <laughs> found a use for raisins. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, then it would just they would all bleed raisin juice into the restaurant. <laughs> That'd be the worst. <laughs> He'd start crying. It would be terrible. It, the water would turn red like the Red Sea. <laughs> Cats and dogs intermingling. Denial, Did the yeah. um, person having the seizure work for y'all, or was it a cl- re- cl- uh, uh, no? It was, it was a patron of the restaurant oh, wow. uh, who actually works at one of the other restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it was just one of those. I mean, it, it, it was it was scary at the time, but at the end of the day, it was just like that. And you know, then we had an employee that was just not happy and not expressing it in the right way. And <laughs> like I, physically, like no, some excitement. Not, well, I, uh, I, I let's put it this way. I was getting scared. <laughs> Grabbing my phone, looking for the An- angry man word. syndrome. Angry. Let's yeah, go have a talk. Yeah, let's go have a talk. And, you know, uh, yeah, just it's things like that. But that's the restaurant business. Yeah. Yeah. It's exciting. It's, it's exciting. And it gets crazy. And you have lots of characters, especially, you know, within the kitchen. That's what makes it fun. Um, if everybody was perfect in every kitchen, There'd be no excitement. There'd be no yeah, passion. The food would be, be as good. It'd be boring. Yeah, right. It'd be boring. You know, it's it's it's. There's something about w- when it's fast paced and people are about to get in the weeds and you're just moving, hands flying everywhere, knives chopping everything, and just the motion and people are watching what you're doing because our kitchen is open, which is great too. Oh, okay. Oh. And so you can see what's going on in the kitchen. The kitchen sees the people coming in. You get a ticket machine. Make it spiral of snake-like tickets on the floor. It's like a clock. It's a beautiful machine yeah. that comes together. Yeah, like, it's like a ballet. It's an excited ballet of people <laughs> rushing and like da 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 da. You know, it's like playing a game of Tetris, trying to get all those, you know, walls built up uh, <laughs> before the piece doesn't fit. You know, and it's just great. Cause it comes together. It has to come together. Right. If it doesn't, you're not in business anymore. Well, I'm, I think I know the answer to this question, but I'll ask anyway. Like, uh, is your is your kitchen then as an open kitchen? Everybody sees is a more like you know when you go to Commanders and you get the chef's table. Mm-hmm. It's an, it's always it always amazes people how silent it is in there and how precise and you almost you know you can you can you know there's there's just no chaos going on at all. Everybody has their job and they're very very precise about. It. Or is yours more on the which uh, restaurant end of the... did you say? <laughs> 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 Is that the thing you look in the door and like sh- someone's looking in? <laughs> 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 Everybody go back Everybody together. Everybody stop chopping. Everybody stop chopping. 
I mean, you sit there for four hours, and you're like, how in the hell did nobody yell at anybody in four hours here? And you know, and you spend the whole night there, and you're like, something's weird about this. Most kitchens don't look like this. So yours is not like that at all, obviously. No, we can't. You know, yeah. it's an open kitchen, so it's right. you know, it, I, I'll crack the guys up on the line when they start getting, you know, like when they start seeing all the tickets come on. And I'm like, well, you said you want to be busy. Here we go. <laughs> so a sense of humor is a, a great thing to have in the... I don't know. I don't have one. You have none. <laughs> okay. So when y'all um, are hiring people, do you look for someone... Like, is culinary school... Like, someone going to Delgado or with previous experience? What What do you prefer... In general, I mean, I, I know that's. I, I vague, like somebody who doesn't know too much, and then I don't like somebody who doesn't like too little. Uh, huh. If I can get someone to mold them to what I do, it's always the best thing, you know. Uh, sometimes when you hire, you see resumes, you get really excited about the resume, and you bring them in, and then you kind of realize halfway through the interview that they're here to get a paycheck and do their own thing, not do what mm. you want to do, and that's the hard part. And then. Then you get the guy with no experience who's worked at McDonald's and places like that, and you really want to hire him, but you know once you get him in there, you just don't have the time to. They need about two or three more years of, of actual real line work with real, you know. I mean, not, not, not to say that McDonald's is not a real restaurant, but it's it's, it's, a, it's a system. Yeah, well, <laughs> you said it not. Uh, uh, you need somebody with some actual Monsanto is going to send a black helicopter <laughs> to my house right now. My, my exactly. wife and children won't be there when I get, them, get home. <laughs> Grimace's come yeah. They'll be raisins. With a hamburger. <laughs> yeah, hamburger <laughs> They're going to pellet you with raisins. <laughs> Take that. Uh, you know, you, you want somebody who's worked in a high-volume restaurant, you know. I, I particularly look for guys that have kind of had, you know, jobs where they've been in a fast-paced restaurant whether it's been like a burger joint or something like that when i say burger joint me like 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 a greasy spoon but they've also had limited time in a fine dining restaurant so they understand both sides of the the puzzle They, uh, they understand the execution from the fine dining but in a you know burger joint you know greasy spoon they also know volume hmm. so they understand priorities getting things done fast hmm. and the execution of making things the correct way and the right way and the consistency every time. All right. Well, okay, we, we, have, we have to wrap up in about two minutes, but we want to close with this. Um, is there any question you want to ask Cal while we're on the air, put him on the spot in front of everybody? Is there, is there one thing you'd and want he, to ask you him? you can do the same thing after, don't worry. But you didn't have to tell him that yet. Sorry. Make him sweat <laughs> first. <laughs> uh, gosh, no, not really. Um, what's that intoxicating... Uh, perfume you're wearing right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, uh, no, I, I don't think this really. Oh, oh, de tequila. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Cal, how about how about uh, how about your boss? Anything? Uh, anything you want to ask him? Sure. Yeah. I see the eyes. Right, come, go for it. I'm I'm just wondering what what kind of what kind of picture you're going to be putting on your business card. Are we are we going with the, uh, the sombrero Jexican yeah. book or not? <laughs> I'm, well, I'm being serious about it. Are we going to no do no this no? Or I, I I showed you the I didn't show you the card I drove the other day, huh? I drew a spider and a taco. And oh, well, the one with the sharpie. The sharpie, yeah, because <laughs> I was uh, we're waiting for to get our get our get our cards, and I'm like I'm going to give this to everybody else, and it's a. Uh, in fact, do I still have it on my phone? I can show you if I had it. It's a uh, <laughs> very very third grade school. Ah, I can't find this. Well, one. I have to say your the um, your shirt is beautiful. Thank you, and it's noticeable. I um, actually, 
Oh, we hadn't seen that. Okay. Very subtle. See, Looks a little more like a beetle subtle. than a spider to me, <laughs> yeah. but okay, yeah, I'll take no, it. No, I yeah. see the spider. Okay. I, yeah. I just thought it was um, aesthetically, you know, the, the design she's was an artist. pleasing. Yeah. Um, but I, I saw someone wearing one the other day. Great. Ooh la la. And they were, uh, That's nice. They were at a, at a, sitting at a bar at... Uh, what what color was it by chance? What color was the shirt? Yeah. I think it was black. Uh, bartender. <laughs> it, 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 it was a bartender. Okay. Shocker was there. I about to get someone? In, uh, uh, no, 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 no. So the bartenders, coded. yeah. Who, wh- so what do you give? Like you give green to jerks? Like oh yeah. We, we give red to the guys who are getting fired first, right. just like a Star Trek. <laughs> there you Target. Go. Just like Star Trek. <laughs> you know yeah. that guy's going to uh, die first in the episode. Yeah, you move up the scale. <laughs> no, if you no. get out of red, you're going to make it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, unfortunately, we're out of time. Thank you so much, guys. This has been a real pleasure. Our special guest tonight on Midnight Menu Plus One was Richard Papier, and his plus one was Cal Ziet. Is that right? That's right. You can find out more about... Oh, no, now I have to say it. Aranya. Is that, no, that's not it. Aranya. 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 Did I do it right? No, that's yeah, close that's enough. Good. Aranya. And by following the links on our site, it's NewOrleans.com. Thanks tonight to Petite Pet Care for loving care when you're not there, when you're out eating at Aranya. And you want to spend all night and take a flight, call PetitePetCare.com. Spend all night and take a flight. Listen to you. Okay. And thanks also to Monkey Hill Bar on Magazine Street. At Monkey Hill, you can enjoy a five-hour happy hour every day from 3 to 5 p.m. And every Tuesday is Taco Tuesday. Coronas, margaritas, and sangria specials plus $2 tacos. Uh, that's it for tonight's show. See you next time on Midnight Menu Plus One. Till then, I'm Margot Moss. And I'm Ray Kanata. Good night. Midnight Menu Plus One is produced by Margot Moss, Grant Morris, and me, Ray Kanata. Our technical director is Chris Keogh. You can find photos from tonight's show on our website, itsneworleans.com. On itsneworleans.com, you can also check out our blog. You can listen to lots more episodes of Midnight Menu Plus One and our other shows, including Out to Lunch, Happy Hour, True to the Game, and Mindset. You can hook up with me and Margo anytime by following Midnight Menu Plus One on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can also Google Midnight Menu Plus One and we come right up. The fabulous audio quality of this show is brought to us by PreSonus Audio. For more information about PreSonus recording equipment, go to PreSonus.com. Midnight Menu Plus One is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. For all of us here at Midnight Menu Plus One, thanks for joining us. I'm Ray Kanata. And I'm Margot Moss. We look forward to seeing you back here next week on Midnight Menu Plus One. Summer's almost over, but at Old Navy, the styles are as hot as ever. Get to Old Navy now for 30% off all jeans, 40% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, get 30, 40, and 50% off all your favorite styles for the whole family, plus up to 75% off clearance. Hurry in fast. These deals won't last. The sale ends soon at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid in-store 822 to 828 and online 822 to 824. Excludes in-store clearance, bubbles, active, licensed, and men's package tees.